Hey everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast bonus episode. This is starting to become a real thing that we do these bonus episodes. With me as always is Mark. It feels like extra credit. And Erica. Oh man, I passed with extra credit. And I'm Ryan. And you know, last episode we talked about a movie called Death Sport. Or as Erica liked to say, Death Sport. Is it not pronounced Death Sport? Port? Erica thought the movie was a nautical adventure. Huh. Uh, a, <laughs> I did. Yeah, basically about maritime law. A nautical adventure set in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Now, one thing that we talked about that I really want to get going, and so if you haven't listened to, uh, to Death Sport, please listen to it. But we only talked about this briefly, but in this era of the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, we really need to start getting going the release, the Nicephore cut, because as Mark pointed out, there is a potential of a movie, and I feel like we didn't get to talk about this enough. There's a potential of a movie there before Alan Arkish comes in to, to quote unquote save it, where we really uh, could have seen what Nicephore did, the original director who, who was coming right out of film school had not seen Death Race 2000, was unfamiliar with both its two, his two leads, and did not have a good relationship with either. But there's a movie that he... What's the movie he would have made? I'm not saying it would be good, but I think it's something that we should get going. I am on board, because you had me at barely watched the movie, doesn't enjoy the co- co-workers... I'm in. Basically, it's my cut. That's right. I I hate the two of you. I barely watched these movies. Wait, wait, what? Wait, did you just slide that in? Wait, Mark is is surprised to be included in this. I am not, but Mark (laughs) is surprised to be included in this. I'm just going to release the Nicephore cut. Hashtag release the Nicephore cut. Hold hold on. Wait, you hate us? I want to go back to that. Do you hate both of us equally? Or, uh, like, is there a pecking order that I can... I mean, after Justin almost took my role, I want to know where I stand today. Because I feel like uh, uh, I might be cut again. Mark, don't be scared. Justin didn't almost take your role. Justin almost took the Dome's role. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We had Guest Dome. He almost took Ryan's role. All right? He almost took Ryan's marriage. Oh. I mean, let's just go oh. there. This oh, okay. is not what this realize. episode is supposed to be about, but I'll pepper it in. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know that 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 you were going to maybe potentially oh. marry Justin as well. So that's interesting. Hashtag release the nice before cut. Hashtag Ryan's marriage is at risk. <laughs> My so, marriage is at risk. Your marriage is fine. <laughs> My marriage never been stronger. <laughs> So we should get that going. Now, the the movie that we are going to watch for the next episode, which I won't spoil, but maybe not until later. Ooh. But uh, I did see something. Uh, one of the editors talked about it in the special features about that movie, that all the stuff that they trimmed out of that is gone and destroyed. And that movie was made after Death Sport. So I have to think that there is no extra footage laying around in Roger Corman's quote-unquote vault. But... I would like, to, I want to, if there is a possibility, let's release the Nicephore cut. 
What's in the vault? I I would argue that his vault is a shoebox in a closet somewhere in the valley. Yeah. It, it's not... He's not going to spend on a very expensive vault something that would survive a fire, per se. He's going to be like, my vault is some uh, uh, Buster Brown shoebox that I've got in my house in Van Nuys. I feel like he would take a editing student fresh out of UCLA or USC and be like, I have $250 to give to you to re-edit this entire film so I can release it as a special edition. I feel like that's about as good as it will get for the release, the nice of four cut. It's not like WB putting millions of dollars into the re-edit of the Snyder cut for justice league. But you know, yeah, I think your, your point is valid there, Mark. I don't, I don't think that he's, he's going to put a lot into that if he has anything, but um, anyway, last week was, was death sport. Um, uh, We will reveal maybe what we're, we're watching for next week at the end of the episode, but let's talk about what we have been watching recently and we'll start Mark what have you been? What have well? We'll start. Wait, we'll start or Mark? We'll will start. start and then we'll hand it over to Mark. That's a very, <laughs> yeah. very confu- Let's, confusing. Let's. Why don't we start, Mark? What have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I've watched absolutely nothing this week. All right. Good. When I say that, I don't mean like I watched some stuff, but I don't want to talk about it, or I watched some stuff and it wasn't very good. I have literally watched zero. Nothing this week. Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, uh, movie podcasts, where I've, they... I haven't even watched Vagina Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> should that stay in or should that be edited out? Maybe that's what we'll... Maybe this could be a new bonus episode segment. Should it stay in or should it be edited out? You know, um, that's one thing when I listen to to uh, movie podcasts where they do bring up stuff that they've watched every week, they'll always be like, oh, I only watched a few things. And they'll list like four or five movies. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot. Like, Holy shit, four or five entire movies? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Who I, has that kind of patience? I, our time is my thing. It feels like a lot. Um Ooh. I mean, this is obviously what we do for a living, this podcast. <laughs> but um, wait, wait. Wait, clearly. Are clearly. you guys getting paid? Oh yeah, we. Oh, ooh, oh no. Sorry. sorry. Oh sorry. No. Oh. Uh. Um, nope. Uh. I, should we talk after this episode? No, no, we're good. Feel... Um. So Eric... should this stay in or should this be in? <laughs> so Eric and I and a lot of people in America last weekend, we decided to watch. Bill and Ted's, uh, Bill and Ted face the music, not Bill and Ted's. They don't own facing the music. <laughs> they barely own it the entire movie. Am I right, guys? So we watched that. Um, the third installment in the Bill and Ted franchise took a long time to get there. And uh, you know, it was pretty good. You, I, I just want to like quickly like cut to the chase. You spent $20 yeah. on a Bill and Ted's movie. Yeah, we sure did. We sure did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if we had gone to the movies, we probably would have spent that and and more just to go see it in the movie theater. So I felt like it was a fair trade. 
Not a good excuse. Not a good excuse at all. Wow. Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. And oh, Mr. The- no Movies doesn't like our excuse. <laughs> yeah. oh. yeah. hmm. Bold. I'm sorry. Bold opinion. We, yeah, we we probably, <laughs> I didn't realize we were supposed to, to uh, boycott movies like you have done, but we did actually decide to watch movies. I um, would lay on a sword for Keanu Reeves. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Well, I would fall on the sword, or I would delicately lay so, on the sword. <laughs> particularly, so you, you're talking about the John Wick era of, <laughs> of Keanu. Yeah, are we talking Bram Stoker's Dracula, Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I mean, I'm now, talking uh, Point Break, Keanu Reeves. I'm talking, you know, okay, um, Matrix, Keanu Reeves. I will say that there is a moment in Bill and Ted Face the Music where Keanu does do his English accent. And I can say, having watched uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula many times, it has not improved. <laughs> it, it is, he has not done any uh, more work on that, on that uh, accent since he made that movie. Uh, Alex Winter's English accent, pretty good, but I believe he has English parents. He was born in London, as a matter of fact, and then oh. was raised in the United States. But... Um, so, and then he, when he left after the second Bill and Ted's movie, he went back to England and he lived there and was a director and did stuff like that in the meantime. But well, uh, we, we don't do Ryan's research on this episode. Oh, the sorry. Bonus episodes are not Ryan's. Re- okay. You can't sorry. help yourself. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, that I, was fresh off the dome. Yeah. Also, I would just like to confirm. I want to put a verbal on that. He didn't, that was just off the dome. He was, in fact, looking at me while he was saying it. And I felt pressure to nod as if I also knew that information. Right. And I will admit it was brand new to me. Well, if I, you- I didn't know that Ryan was so into an actor who's been in Bill and Ted's and Lost Boys. And that's pretty much it. Ryan is just like, he cashed He saw Lost Boys and was like, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I will follow you. <laughs> follow you wherever you may go. Uh, he his character was the one I had the poster of. <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh wow, you got a real that's, fan crush on. on that's uh, that's for people that live. I right? always found it that's weird that you hung that. I, I always found that weird that you hung it above your bed. But I mean, <laughs> actually, on the ceiling above my bed. Wow, I know that's what I meant. <laughs> Stare into his steely blue eyes before I went to sleep. Wow. Um, <laughs> and said, "I want to meet your English parents." <laughs> I believe. I think he. Yeah, I, I believe he has it. I, that could be. I could be wrong on that one. But uh, I think we're going to find out his parents are from Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could find that out. Um, Write uh, us at info at newworldpodcast.com. That's right. <laughs> you need your parents. Send send us your information about Alex Winter and any question that you might have. Uh, but that was also just a deep cut there for everybody. Anybody who remembers that they released individual character posters at the time of Lost Boys. I don't know if people will remember that, uh, that were alive during that time. But in any case. Oh, people do. How many of those people went to international gifts back then? Huh? <laughs> how deep is that cut? Huh? Anyone? Another Anyone? <laughs> if you grew up in University City in San Diego, you know that joke. Yeah. Everyone else? That's lost. a very specific UTC <laughs> joke. That is a very specific <laughs> joke for a, one particular mall in, in San Diego. If you could tear yourself away from the Samantha Fox posters, maybe you took a look at all those Lost Point posters, but let's be honest. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, we did watch that. If you do the math in your own head and crunch your own numbers of your own individual buying needs and desires, you can purchase Bill and Ted Face the Music. And I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was enjoyable. It was worth it. I'll do a crunch the numbers live right now. Ooh. And um, you know, I think the twenty dollars we spent wouldn't even cover two general admission tickets on a weekend night plus babysitting fees Correct. plus parking fees. Plus, well, we wouldn't park. We wouldn't have to pay to park at the theater near us. But no. I'm sorry. Are oh. you crunching the numbers live right oh, now, or wow. am I? Okay, sorry. Why don't you just stay in your lane, don't? Bad if oof. All right? Okay. Anyway, we saved some cash, and I loved it, and Keanu is terrific. There is a there's a certain element of them being a little bit more casual as they got older. They're certainly playing them as as an older group of guys. I thought the also the the, the girls that played their daughters, uh, I'm forgetting the actresses' names. Well, I know um, Samara Weaving plays uh, Alex Winter's daughter, and she was good. But I do think there's an element of that sort of Southern California patois that you have that somebody who grew up in Australia is just not going to be able to totally meet. Um, but uh, I forget who the the actor's name that plays Keanu Reeves' daughter, but they were very good. Uh, yeah. They did a great performance and a great um, uh, sort of uh, younger Keanu kind of proxy performance. So I thought that was very good. So it's just know, fun. We just like fun, Mark. Sorry. It was we enjoy fun. having fun. And it's, you know, but let's talk about another type of fun because here's a movie, Mark, that I know you can talk about because I finally dipped in to trauma which is part of the forgotten Gialli set that's released by Vinegar. Yeah. Yes. And I watched all of Trauma. Now, Mark, I remember you've you've seen this. Yes, I watched all of it. Now, this is a movie that isn't Italian. Now, Giallo obviously is is was started in Italy. This is something that was shot and produced in Spain. And it's about a writer who goes to a bed and breakfast to work on his novel. And he uh, and all of a sudden people start dying. Now, yeah. the lady who runs the bed and breakfast, she has an infirmed husband who lives up in the attic that she tends to. And I have to say it has a couple things going for it right off the bat. Number one, the guy who plays, I think they dub it, but it's all like subtitled. But the guy who plays the lead role was one of the movie's producers. So the guy who plays the writer he yes. has no business playing this role. And I'm almost, I, I listened to some of the director's commentary, but I never got uh, this fact confirmed. I don't think that's even his real voice when it comes to the Spanish that they were used. They were talking like, it just does not sound like his voice at all, but I love that he was a producer. He has like one of those comb overs. I, 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 I used to work in a men's clothing store and we had a, one of the salesmen had a comb over that went all the way from the back of his head and just swooped over his head so that he almost had bangs. Like it was a wicked comb yeah. over. And this was the closest thing I've ever seen to that particular comb over. It was, it was such an amazing comb over that even as a teenager, I couldn't help but stare at it. But this guy had one that went from the one side of his head and just came all over on the other side. And he's portrayed as a man who has undeniable sex appeal. Yes. 
not only does he have a comb over, he's also, I wouldn't say overweight, but he's got a gut. He's got a gut. Hey, so do I. I'm not trying to cast any shade here. I'm just saying, the whole time I'm watching him, I'm thinking, how did you get cast in this role? Because you are not the right (laughs) face and body type for this role. Um, I will say that the uh, whoever the uh, actress is that played the um, woman who's managing the hotel is extremely good. She does such a great her name. She does such a great job. I, I mean, I watched it just to like see where the. I mean, not to be a spoiler, and I'm not going to spoil it, but this. Gialli typically, or Giallo, uh, uh, if you're if it's Italian, is typically like you don't know who the killer is at the end. This is not; it doesn't work very hard at trying to hide it, you know. So you're like, okay, at the end, you're like, yeah, I saw that coming. But I, 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 wa- I watched it. I watched it the whole time, really, to watch her because I really found her role and the way she portrayed it to be fascinating. Yeah, I think she she was really good. Agata Lise is her name. Heinrich Starenberg is the guy who plays the writer. And, of course, he was able to cast himself because he's the producer. And uh, he also, like, uh, not only thought you're talking about somebody who has a kind of a gut, he's tall, he's not particularly handsome, and gets a role where he also gets a love scene where he gets to show his ass. So, like, he really, he go, he goes for it. You really... You really get to see a lot of him more than you probably would like to. I, I think you get a ball shot too. Like he's he's straight up naked. Yeah, he is very naked. He's ha- it's it, his wife comes to visit him, so they have a and li- literally any woman that steps into this movie is taking her top off. That's how this movie works. Uh, it is a high titty count, I have to say, and. You know, not bad, pretty short. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable enough. But I will say there is a moment in the car at the tail end. I'm going to speak about this as vaguely as I can. that makes me question whether or not the outcome of the movie is as uh, obvious as it might seem. So I don't know. You go back and watch it. It didn't seem the director's commentary didn't seem to pick up what I picked up, but. In any case, we're only one of three in this forgotten Gialli set from Vinegar Syndrome. And the first one, at least, not that this is the first one per se, but the first one that I watched, I didn't think was too terrible. I mean, it looks really good, too. Like, the 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 transfer is fantastic looking. Like, Vinegar Syndrome does a great job with that. Um, but you want to watch a Giallo movie that's got a, some deaths, not particularly a crazy, gory you know, uh, movie, lots of boobs, but that's, that's, uh, anyway, so we got into that set. I, you, you've gone further into the set, right, Mark? Yeah. I started watching the, uh, what is it? 13. Uh, I forget the name of the other one. Uh, I started to watch it, but I haven't finished it. So, and that's not a, that's not a slight on the movie. I just haven't had time to finish it because I haven't had time, but, um, no, I, 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 again, I enjoyed it. Um, I, it wasn't a movie that I, uh, you know, the, 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 the gore is fairly timid. It's a lot of like, you know, you can see the blood 
squirting from the knife on the on the throat cuts kind of movie. Yeah, you know. But yeah. uh, I I enjoyed it where it was going. I thought the acting was strong. It's very much a set piece, and I kind of I kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of liked it too. I just I was just noticing here in IMDb that Heinrich Starhemberg and I both share a birthday. Hmm. <laughs> How about that? And also showing uh, Erica, so she could she did not watch this movie, so she could. I did not, dear listeners. That's why I have no opinion because I didn't place my eyes upon this film. In fact, as I watched it with our children asleep. Uh, Erica looked at me and was like, are you going to be watching this? And I was like, yeah. She's like, cool. I'm going to be in the bedroom. <laughs> so, I guess the question that I really have, though, is since you share a birthday, is do you share an ass? Uh, yeah. I would say we <laughs> have very similar asses. Not similar guts, per se, but uh, or hairstyles, but definitely a similar ass. I swear that I saw something familiar when I saw that guy's You're ass. You a real flat ass. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll just default to you for that one, Mark. Mark is punching his brother's ass numbers. Should this stay or should it be cut? Uh, All right, so that's what we've seen this week. I also saw a movie called Hard Times. Erica didn't see that either. That's a... That that is not a horror film in any way. It is a... it is a uh, Charles Bronson movie. Good for you. Yeah. It's James Coburn and... Uh, well, we can cut this out. Yeah, this <laughs> no, no, this is great. Because this is very funny. Um, <laughs> no, uh, wait, yeah. James, wait James Coburn and Charles Bronson. James Coburn. It wasn't... It wasn't uh, uh, the uh, Sergio Leone movie. Once upon a time in the West. No, right. Uh, this is like uh, you know, he, I, I've not seen this one. Um, basically, Bronson is a drifter. He comes into uh, Louisiana, and he's basically he just starts hooking up with James Coburn, who uh, gambles on street fights, <clears throat> and he just starts becoming the lead street fighter, and just to make a bunch of money and. Uh, kind of the movie but honestly the two performances are great um it's a good it's a really good movie it's a great bronson movie if you like charles bronson it's an awesome movie it's one i think probably one of his better roles i kind of like uh, vacillate when i'm just watching movies for pleasure i like to watch some i like to watch uh spaghetti westerns i like to watch uh maybe a, a old karate movie or a charles bronson movie that seems to be my taste nowadays uh, obviously horror too. I started that horror documentary that's on Shutter uh, last night, but I only made it through maybe twenty minutes of it. So um, I finished it off uh, uh, this week, but that that's not really watching anything new because I talked about that last week or two weeks ago. Sure, sure. Uh, I I I would say that it ended a little bit. I was a little disappointed in the ending because some of the movies that they feature at the end were movies that I'm like. These were not movies that I felt were like high on the list of '80s movies, but it that does seem like it's a little broad. Too. Uh, In Search of Darkness, right? That's what we're talking about. It seems yeah. like very broad. It seems to be like really like kind of 
going from I guess it's not it's such a it's trying to be almost like a uh, they have so many people that they're talking to about certain movies, but it's not like one of those like um, featurettes you'd get on on like a Blu-ray or something like that. So they'll like just start to talk about a movie and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then they cut to the next movie and you're like, oh, no, it's right, it's, well. it's terror in the aisles. Yeah. But yeah. At, in the end, like towards the later years, you know, I mean. I guess I mean, they're talking about like the blob remake being so great. And I guess maybe I, I suppose there's an audience out there that's like loves the blob remake, but I was always I like, seen, ah, all right. I haven't seen that in so long. I, I'm, I feel like I want to rewatch that, but I haven't seen it in forever. Well, you can right after your Charles Bronson <laughs> marathon. <laughs> I'm so sorry you're offended by it. Mark hates your marathon. <laughs> he does. Mark hates your marathon as much just, as I hate you and Mark. You just go to hell with your Charles Bronson uh, movie love. I can't help it. Our dad really liked Charles Bronson, and he showed us a bunch of Charles Bronson movies when we were little. And now I like I like the guy. So, oh, Mark is Mark is not. He's he's not. He's shaking his head in disapproval. He also he also really liked that. Uh, what was it? The Zulu, whatever movie. <laughs> I mean, so speak. Speaking of, I, I watched a movie last night with some friends over a Zoom call, and you want to talk about a movie that maybe was not worth the rental. That was Zardoz. Oh, the Sean Connery movie. Sean Connery movie. Have you seen that one? I have seen it. Yes. Do you want? Can you talk about what that movie was about? Can you please oh, no. explain to me what that movie is about? Costumes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, Sean Connery has a, a fake long ponytail, and he wears like red adult diapers, and it's like I have on right now. i mean we all have it on right now to be fair it's nighttime uh but it's it says in the distant future a savage trained only to kill finds a way into the community of bored immortals that alone preserves humanity's achievements i mean to a degree sure that movie is so weird it uh it's filled with boobs like it is like almost wall-to-wall boobs but it makes Including you work on connery's if you definitely get a good shot of sean connery's boobs uh, they're all dial into that they're on display no you you were dialing into that last night you fell asleep <laughs> i dialed into like eight minutes of it and i was like "Ooh, sean connery yum good night <laughs> that is very accurate um uh, Charlotte Rampling's in it. Sean Connery, if you're listening, yum 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 yum. John Good Bo- night. John <laughs> Borman wrote, directed, and produced it. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. He what he also mean? he also made Exorcist too. Okay, yeah. let's. <laughs> I made I made note of that. Doesn't that just irritate you? I mean, shot, wrote, edited, directed. Like, relax. If you want to just do this project on your own, just do it. You know, if you're gonna that, do it, do it. Yeah, he was coming That's off because everybody around him was like, "This sounds like garbage," and he's like, "Fine, I'll fucking write it. 
I'll <laughs> fucking shoot it. I'll fucking edit it. Because everyone's like, this is terrible. Fine. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> He literally, uh, he, a friend of mine pointed out that he is just coming off a of deliverance. And so basically the studio is letting him do whatever he wants. What friend? <laughs> that I was watching the movie with. Oh, okay. <laughs> Over a Zoom call. Oh, all right. He really fell asleep and did not know any of this. You were right next to me during this entire thing. But anyway, it's it was a movie that to me is symbolic of a director who really a writer director who made a, a huge hit and the studio was like what do you want to do next and he's like well i want to do this movie set in the future and he's like a savage and like he gets in with these like immortal people and they're like sounds weird but okay do whatever you'd like and then the movie starts out with this floating head which is indeed zardoz which is this god they all worship and he throws a bunch of guns and bullets at him and he's like kill humanity because i don't want them to breed because your penis is awful he <laughs> I wish I was joking. He literally says, your penis is bad. And so he gets captured by these immortals and then essentially ruins them and shows he's actually enlightened. They all go savage. They all go bad. That's not even the end of the movie. The movie continues. He ends up in a crystal at some point. I don't... It's such a weird, weird movie. I I can't make heads or tails of it. It's... Anyway, does that ring a bell, well, Mark? Yeah. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. It's not a good movie, but it's known for being a terrible movie. So it's one of those movies that everyone has to see. It's like Sean Connery's The Room, and you just have to get away. <laughs> that is highly accurate. I was gonna describe it as I was gonna describe it as a live action fantastic planet. <laughs> Sean Connery's The Room is an excellent way. Of, and I I can only, I meant to look today. I was like, what does Sean Connery think about this movie? He had to have been like, when he watched it, was like, what what was this that I was in, you know? And from that, he then, from Zardoz, John Borman goes, that's what he does afterwards. Then he goes from, from Zardoz to Exorcist to The Heretic. That's what he does right afterwards. Then he goes and does Excalibur. Which, after watching Zardoz, goes, yeah, okay, yeah, that tracks. That's his real wheelhouse. That's what he really wants to do. Ah, oh, man. Just amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. John Borman. All right, well. At least well, the Borman cut, am I right? Wait, is that a thing we're fighting for I or no? I, I think no, we're not. No. Good Please, God, no. Please, God. No. No. I think he got a good cut of that movie because it felt super long. He I'm, produced it, directed it, wrote it, edited. Did the he actually developed the film himself? He actually distributed. He drove around the country distributing it. Like he did, he did everything. He did crafty. He's like he held Ryan's eyes open while Ryan watched it. He was like, "Everyone, we're gonna do one more take, and then I'm gonna make all the sandwiches." Eat a sandwich. <laughs> you don't wanna get tired mid movie. <laughs> Is this what he sounds like? Uh, like that movie is an hour and forty-five minutes. I I guarantee you could cut a half an hour out of that movie, and it, it wouldn't make any sense. I guarantee but, you, they cut already a half hour more. That's sitting on the floor. Right. That they're like, oh, yeah. should we cut that? Oh, all right, I guess we should. 
This was the cut that the studio was like, I don't know. We got him to cut that hour out of the movie. So we should just, you know, let's just release this. Let's cut our losses. At least as Sean Connery. Uh, originally supposed to be, uh, a friend pointed out, was supposed to be Burt Reynolds. Boo! Because they had just made Deliverance together. So it was supposed yeah. to be Burt Reynolds. And then and became- Burt Reynolds was smart enough to read the script and be like, this is a piece of shit. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. But Sean Connery was in between like, Never Say Never Again and Outland or, you know, where was he in his career? He was at a low point in his career when this happened. Like that, well, this is pre Highlander. This is pre him coming back. This is pre uh, 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 the, um, this is the Untouchables. Diamonds are forever. So this is 1974 Zardoz. Right. So this he's is still a delicious slice of Sean Connery. He's, he's like, fuck all y'all. I'm not doing any more James Bond. I'm going to get my freak on with some John Borman. And that's what he did. Well, even better, he puts out the, or not he himself. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't remember. But he was in Murder on the Orient Express the same year. So he does Zardos and Murder on the Orient Express. So that's. Nobody's ever seen that movie. <laughs> Zardoz? No, Murder of the Orient. What is that movie called? I've never heard of it. Nobody has. Then he does The Man Who Would Be King the following year, and then Robin and Marion. Nobody knows that one. Nobody knows those. The Great Train Robbery in 1978? Uh -uh. No. Everybody knows him as being 007 and Indiana Jones' dad. That's what we know him for. That's true. And and the cop in, uh, in The Untouchables. That's it. That's all he's known for. And and time bandits. And the Russian submarine sailor. Yeah. Uh, for Red October. Hunt for Red October. Yeah. That's it. That's all he's known for. That's where he's like, do you want to hear my Russian accent? Hear me? I hear, look at, listen to me. I'm Russian. Like, are you? I'd say he had a pretty good 80s in, in Highlander. But you're right. I think when you talked about Outland, that's like at the end of the 70s, it took him a couple years and he got in, got Outland. And I think that was where he was kind of bringing his career yeah. back a little bit there. He had to get his footing and then he slipped again. His footing slipped ironically into the rock when he like went and the did rock. that movie. So <laughs> you didn't mention the rock dome? That movie's terrific. Yeah, he's great in the rock. You're also forgetting about Dragonheart, where he does the voice of the dragon. Ooh. That was his greatest paycheck ever. Also, you're not talking about First Night, when he playing King Arthur. You're right. I'm not. Another right. great movie. Rising Sun. No, and Wesley no. Snipes for the win. <laughs> I mean, One half wants to retire. The other half is about to be busted for tax evasion. Let's get them together. See what happens. <laughs> What about that amazing scene in Entrapment when he watched uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones just serpentine her body through, Ooh. like, you know, security lasers, and he's just sitting there going, yes, get on the other side. Let's see if we can get this thing we're supposed to steal. So uh, yes. I, I, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was sitting with my, uh, my now-deceased former father-in-law, and he was he was probably three weeks away from passing away, and he was you know in hospice, uh, and 
I was sitting bring it down, watch, Mark. I was sitting watching TV with him, and uh, the commercial for Entrapment came on. Okay, and it was in the commercial, the TV commercial had the lasers, and then Catherine Zeta Jones, her butt up in a prone position and sliding under. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and just went, if I could just have one more chance. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you are weeks away from passing away. But he was like, with <sighs> pure sincerity, like, gosh, just mm-hmm. one more chance at that ass. Get get me to Catherine Zeta-Jones stat. <laughs> Let me play my that forever. It was a uh, it was a real moment for me. He's like she's into old men. Uh, so yeah, so that's some of the things we've watched this week. We hope you were able to watch Death Sport. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast uh, every on Apple Podcasts. That really helps everybody on, know where the show is. You can also find us on Stitcher and Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, but mainly those three. Um, also, please write us at info at New World Podcast. Send us uh, what you liked, what questions you got, anything, anything at all. Send us, send us that. Honestly, yes. the- send us that is our <laughs> info at seanconnery.com. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good job, Keanu. Really good. <laughs> really good accent, Keanu. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> this is why I hate you. This is why. <sighs> I mean, that's it. All right. Music. <laughs> there we go.